The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you've probably never heard of. And you know, we don't say this often, but in no way go fuck yourself. That's Jay. You guys remember that time Vampire became Batman? Which time? Uh, the most recent movie. Wait, what? It was a Robert Pattinson joke. Oh. See, the thing is, it happened so many times at this point, Jay. <laughs> Batman's become a vampire at least no, once. No, no, no. I said a vampire became Batman. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? That that works a bit better now. Okay. Uh, look. Look. You already know what it is, boys and girls. It's Kamen Rider fucking Kiva time. It's, what, the fucking something year anniversary? Nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody fucking cares. This show sucks. Let's get into why it sucks. Jay, tell us what the fuck is this show? Well, I'll do the best I can. Um, <laughs> the best way to explain it, I guess, is uh, this is two simultaneous plot lines. Uh, the pr- the A plot, I guess, is the best way to put it, focuses on... Uh, the most depressed man in Japan, Wataru Kuranai. Uh, Kura That's a surprise knowing that Miyazaki exists. I know, right? Uh, who is, for reasons that are never really elaborated on properly, uh, in possession of a super-powered set of ancient armor called Kiva, accessed through a bat machine thing named Kivat. Uh, and he fights against creatures known as Fangires, which are basically vampires, except they don't all turn into bats. Uh, who, well, they do vampire shit, basically. That's ba- that's all you really know. It's vampire shit, essentially. Uh, as well as dealing with the other shenanigans that get involved with the vampire stuff. Uh, and then the B-plot focuses on Wataru's father, Otoya, who is the biggest mugging jackass on the planet <laughs> and his, his own journey of getting involved with Fangires and dealing with their eternal bullshit. Uh, if that doesn't sound like a very good explanation, that's because the show also doesn't really explain it very well. Yeah. So, so with that being said, why don't we get into our characters? And we're going to have to start with Watsudu because I hate this fucking child. Well, I would hope so. He's the main character. So unfortunately. Unfortunately, he is. We couldn't just stick in the fucking 80s. No, we, we couldn't stick with the character that's actually charismatic. No, we have to have this fucking bitch of a character. So, I, I you know what, Jay? It's funny. I'll give, I'll give the show this. It was a lot more consistent with his introvert nature. Then I remember it, but in being more consistent, he was way more annoying. He was, I I can't even describe how annoying this kid is because I get what they were trying to do with him, but I'm sorry, he sucks. He just flat out sucks. Wataru is definitely infamous for being one very, very whiny 
uh, not whining in the same way of guys like Ghost or Zio or Mock or uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of somebody who's whinier than Mock. To be entirely honest, I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to say this as a negative, but fucking. Ryotaro from Dendo was pretty fucking whiny. Oh, yeah, but he's a fucking child, so he doesn't really count. <laughs> I mean, true. Uh, That's also true. No, so Wataru is whiny, depressed, uh, has negative self-esteem. Uh, he is an introvert, and it's kind of, it was always, it's always been very... I don't necessarily misrepresented how much of a, a drastic shift it is, but... He does start off very, very, like, to the point of mental illness levels of introvert. Like, he walks around in a fucking hazmat suit and a mask and a bunch of other, like, goggles and everything. And he's, like, he freaks the fuck out being outside. He won't talk to anybody, anything like that. And then he kind of softens up a little bit and becomes a little more normal by a small margin of definition. But see he... the problem. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say the problem is with that is that we're never really given a reason why he's like that, because it's not like his mom told him to stay the fuck inside all of his life. We saw him as a kid playing with other kids, so it's like, why is he like this? What happened here? Like, what happened between him being eight years old and Tiger giving him shoes back to now? Like, what the fuck? Because it's implied also that, like, he never goes to school or anything. I mean, he's, like, in his fucking 20s, so obviously he wouldn't go to school. But he doesn't, like, go to school or go anywhere or have a job or anything like that. And none of those details are ever really elaborated on. And and it's not even necessarily a problem that, like, he's depressed or he's, like, he has low self-esteem and is very antisocial. The problem is that, like, he doesn't fucking do anything he's just kind of there a lot of the times the plot has to have him get involved a lot <laughs> you know it's really funny you mentioned all honestly now that i think about it he fits the lyrics to the offspring song self-esteem so fucking well <laughs> <laughs> you really think you're about not it? wrong you are not wrong no god that's so fun that that kind of pisses me off um but yeah like, like you said he's a very static like he doesn't do anything he doesn't have motivation to do anything really until the very end and even then it's kind of just falls on his fucking lap really so it's like what do we do with this guy why do we care like literally i mean no even then like once you get to the the final arcs and everything his motivation is not his own it's being spurred on by other people like him sort of giving up like his humanity and his growth is because of what other people have done to him. The whole arc at the end there with his dad was because of things other people engineered him to going into. He never really has any agency as a character. The plot and the other characters set up events that Wataru just kind of gets involved in. Yeah. And he never at any point does really anything of his own. I, I don't think there's a single point where he sincerely comes up with an idea and does it. I don't remember. You Other know what? than, okay, like, no. giving up when he doesn't want to fight. I mean, sure. Which I guess but like, kind of counts. Not that I can recall, no. 
because every like n- yeah like nothing he wants is something that he actually wants like i think the only thing he wanted in this show was mio and she fucking died the only things he wants to do are make his violins and get a girlfriend and he fails at doing both <laughs> i you know i don't really i didn't really have anywhere else to go from that yeah he just fails at doing both of those those are his he only fails goals. at pretty much everything he does Exactly. Like, like everything he's been told to do, everything he's pushed to do, everything that he thinks he wants to do, he fucking fails at it. He, his girlfriend dies. His violence suck. He tried to abort himself, and even he, and even then, he didn't fucking succeed. He, he couldn't even like, succeed at what? killing himself. Like, come on, dude. How much of a fucking failure do you have to be? Ugh. And the thing is, what gets me even more like annoyed is the fact that okay. Unlike Ryotaro from Deno, where he stayed a wimp, but he slowly progressed to that point where, okay, you're still a fucking wimp, but there's something there. Wataru never does. Wataru is just kind of gets given everything. Like, you remember how he got fucking, how he got emperor form? Literally just, it happened. just show, he gets really mad because his not girlfriend is about to die, and then he gets a power up. Which, I don't even want to necessarily he gets given everything, because that would imply that there is some agency giving him these things. In which case, that's not true. Shit just kind of happens to him. It'd be one thing if it were, like, again, like, Ghost or whatever, where the universe just kind of gives Takaru shit constantly. Like, he just keeps getting stuff because the plot wants him to. The plot doesn't, like... Wataru's growth and uh, his goals, his accomplishments, aren't even really connected to the plot. They just kind of happen at the same time as the plot. So I guess when you're looking at it, yeah, he's being given things. But not really, no. He just kind of gets stuff because the plot <laughs> needs him to get stuff. And there's never really any reason he gets stuff. And and that goes even double when like you're thinking about, okay, this this kid, right? This fucking 20-something-year-old man has never gone outside, has apparently never had any formal training, has never has never had anything outside of basic communication with some middle schooler, which we'll fucking get to, by the way. And somehow he not only knows what Kiva is, what the what Kivat is, and how to use the fossils, but how to effectively use those to defeat the Fangires, who... How does he even know what the fucking fangires are? Like, this guy just knows everything that there is needed to know without having any reason for having to know it. That's one of those, like, eternal weird things. It's not even, like, necessarily Watson. Like, fucking everybody already knows all this shit. Everybody already knows what fangires are, despite the fact that they're ostensibly supposed to be a secret or, like, an urban legend. Everybody already kind of knows who Kiva is. Nobody's really... Oh, no, no, that's the worst part, right? That's the worst part, actually, that you mentioned that. Everybody knows everything, Jay, until they're not supposed to. Like the fact that Wataru doesn't know what his what one of his fucking power-ups look like. He doesn't know Jiro at all. I, how? I'm like, yeah, that, how? That's a weird thing, too, is that, like, ostensibly he should know that like he should at least recognize on some level obviously you know kenji matsuda is not a talking sword 
but he should still, on some instinctual level, at least recognize this is the same fucking guy, considering they fucking merge. No. Has he never visited his own fucking castle? I guess not. Because he doesn't like, know about like the I'm fucking so- time machine. He doesn't know who the other two are. He doesn't know about half the shit about Castle Dorn <laughs> well, until the just shows up. That's the problem. It's like, okay, he knows how to use all of this shit, but he doesn't know what this shit is. This is like knowing how to use a sniper rifle without being able to know what a sniper rifle is. You know, like, what? And that kind of goes what? into to everything. Like, again... Everybody already, everybody who knows who the fuck Kiva is, everybody knows what Fangires are, everybody knows all of this bullshit, everybody understands, like, who the Checkmate 4 are, and all the whole cosmology of fucking Fangire politics, everybody fucking knows everything, and I, I, for, for years, ever since the first, I've seen Kiva, this is, Technically, the second and a half time I went got like three episodes in with somebody else because I told them (laughs) about the final arc and they're like, oh, that sounds fucking great. We have to watch that. And we got like three episodes in and we quit. So I I have always been trying to figure out what the fuck it is. And it it finally dawned on me what the problem with Kiva is and why it's like it. It's that there's no fucking exposition in this show at no at no point at all in any episode, barring stuff that is brand new and immediately happening, like the characters and their relationships and them meeting, which only ever comes up as soon as this is immediately relevant to the plot, which, I mean, not necessarily a problem with like stuff like, oh, my long lost best friend who I never mentioned before now because I haven't seen him since I was six, but who is just being conveniently mentioned now because he's about to show up again. Like, that's, you know. No, no, dude, dude, that's the the worst part too, right? That's the worst part too, right? Is that like, it feels like we missed an entire different show. Almost. With everything, with everything that's being, that's just, that everyone just knows everything, right? Everybody just knows everything. Everybody knows what everything is. It's like, did we miss something? Did we miss a, another part of the show? It, like, it really have feels to, like, like what? We're there's like two episodes missing. It genuinely well, feels more. like you know I wrote the prologue of episode one with us meeting Wataru in his house and him being all cooped up and creepy, and then just fucking forgot to write the rest of the story arc and then jumped right ahead to the end of episode two. It, again, everybody fucking knows everything. Like, everybody knows who the fuck Kivat is when, to, by all extent, nobody should really know what the hell he is and nobody ever really calls attention to him and nobody ever really knows or, like, could figure that the fuck out that, oh, he's related to Kiva. Like, he doesn't fucking know anything either. And he, out of everybody, should know all this bullshit. Which, which brings me to the biggest fucking thing. And I'm sorry, but if you didn't know this, even if it's your, if, if it's your first fucking time watching this show, if you didn't know this, you're a fucking idiot. How does nobody in this goddamn planet know that Kiva's a fucking fangire? Dude. It is the most <laughs> obvious fucking thing in the goddamn world. What the fuck? I remember when we did the the first episode of this ancient, ancient episode we did. And I remember going into it. I'm like, I legitimately did not know Wataru being a fangire was supposed to be a plot twist. Because it's so 
immediately fucking obvious from episode one and the fact that nobody ever calls attention to it or Wataru never questions it or even asks about it and everything he fucking says implies that he is a fangire. No, it's not. It's supposed to be a big twist. It's supposed to be a major reveal, but it isn't because it takes like 30 fucking episodes for that as a twist to even come into the show and after which it is immediately revealed and then we take another 10 fucking episodes for Watcher to actually figure out that information for himself somehow I, it's, it's like i'm sorry but you have to be the dumbest of dumbest motherfuckers on the goddamn planet to not realize that immediately for fuck's sake, he has the same goddamn markings as these motherfuckers. Like, are you serious? Like, are, I I swear, I think it's like Noah did this as his fucking joke, just to laugh at you. It's like, oh, let's see if these guys actually think this is going to be a twist. All these fucking idiots. That, that's the problem is that, like, I can't tell because he writes it way too seriously and dramatically for me to believe that he did that as a joke. Like, I... We've seen enough of Inoue stuff. We know what he's like when he's writing a shitpost and he's writing a joke. He wrote Kiva way too seriously for him to be doing it, like, as a bit. It, it's, it takes itself too dramatically to believe that he's taking the piss. I think he legitimately just did not fucking care. Because, like, again... What the fuck is Castle Doran? How does everybody? How does nobody at all react to the giant? How does he turn into a giant dra- bird? <laughs> Why does Remember he turn into a giant that? bird, but only the one time? Oh, or, or how? How about the fact that for some fucking reason, which never never explained by the way, why does he get possessed by the arms monsters? Like, if if they, if you didn't hear the voices, you would just assume oh. He's just using weaponry. No, they possess him. I'm like, what? Why? Why? How, can can fucking can Dark Eva do that? Can he do that? He has I a guess. Pluses? Like, can he do that too? Does that mean that fucking Eeks is doing that, or is he just stealing it? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> like, I'm sorry. This is not one of those things where it's just like. We're not going to sit here asking what King's tax policy is, but motherfucker, <laughs> I, at a certain point, I have to ask, what is going on? I mean, even what then, are you like, doing? Like, what the fuck even are Fangires? What the fuck are these things? There's basic information of the setting and the premise that is just never elaborated on, and everybody <laughs> else knows it. And we're just assuming that you, the audience, know it. It's like apparently like... off screen, right? Like apparently <laughs> off screen, the the entirety of the Franken fisherman, or mer, Franken merman, and wolfen race have just completely been eradicated. Oh, not just <laughs> I. I actually for, tried to look it up and figure out what the fuck there is. Apparently, there's like thirteen different monster races that never get fucking mentioned. Uh. I guess there's like there's like fairies too and mummies what? and shit like that. Like this is full, <laughs> like it's full world world of darkness, bro. Like any kind of fucking monster exists, but I guess they're all just fucking dead. I guess they don't matter. Does that mean Kiva is a different type of monster? I think so. I, if I remember what? correctly. Yeah, he's just a different species. So how does that work? 
I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait. Then how does, how does, how did, how did they figure out the synergy between Kivats and Fangards? What did someone just try and get their dick sucked by a Kivat one day and it just happened? What the fuck is going on? I mean, hey, <laughs> that's how a lot of things in the world work. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm but, sorry, but there's a certain point where I have to sincerely sit here and ask, "What the fuck, dude?" Like, I, I'm not even like I'm not even trying to nitpick, and I know AJ isn't either. Like, it's not like it's not like little details of like, oh, well, how does this like work with physics or whatever? Like, oh, how does this power exactly work? It's like it's basic fucking information. It's what 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 kind of energy does the Zonbot sword run off of? Like how. How does Kiva's motorcycle powered? Like, yeah, shit like that. Like, Via no. sentience. <laughs> it's, it's just like, this is basic. Like, this is fucking, it'd be like if fucking the Sim- Silmarillion didn't exist. It'd be like if the Hobbit didn't exist. No, it would be like if Lord of the Rings was half of two towers in Return of the King. It's... <laughs> It's that... And they never explain what the one ring is? No, they never fucking tell you what the ring is. They never tell you who Sauron is, or what the Nazgul are, or any of this bullshit. No! Okay, like... Like, how many times, Jay? Because, again, I've seen this show four fucking times now. How many times during my my rewatch did I say, Did I skip something? What the fuck? A couple of times! I feel feel like I... There's points in the show where I legitimately think... I think I skipped something. I, I did I, too. <laughs> like, like legit, not even joking. I actually fell asleep watching an episode and I didn't realize it until like five minutes into the next episode when I woke up in the morning and I was like, wait a second. I missed something here. <laughs> and I actually did for the one time miss something. See, and that's the thing, right? You know, I know we're not even getting to Otoya yet, but all of these problems happen because of Wataru. He is the catalyst for all of these fucking issues just arising because everything about him is a fucking anomaly. We don't know we we don't really know what he did before he w- became introverted. We don't know how he got the Kivat powers. Well, technically we do, but like we don't know how Kivat taught him how to use this stuff. We don't know how we how he realized he has to fight Fangires. We don't realize when he started using the arms monsters. Like, when it never did really, any of this like, we never we never figure out like how the fuck <laughs> he knows the violin means that there's a Fangire attacking. I don't know how it knows either, but fuck it, it's magic. Like right, like I I like they never explained that in the show. Like Otoya never did that. He was just never like. Spibbity boo, Fangire, fuck you. I mean, like, he, he never kinda, did it. Like, he, he prayed to make it work, but that a prayer doesn't explain how it fucking detects monsters. He only prayed to make the violin sound good, not to detect fucking monsters. I mean, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> Maybe that's something his mom did. But You, like, you know I, what? <laughs> she was kind of an asshole, might as well. But I mean, a lot of the problems, like, uh, even extend, not necessarily to Wathru, but like, Otoya as well. Like, Otoya doesn't ever fucking question what Fangires are. He just meet. He runs into one fucking episode one, and he just rolls with it. He's just there the rest of the show. He never at one point stops me. Like, what the fuck are all these monsters? Who are these guys? All this shit. Like, we don't know who the fuck 
like the leader of the blue sky are. We don't know how Nago joined them. We don't know how fucking Megami or Yuri or any of these fucking people joined their organization. We don't know how any of them figured out how fucking vampires existed or all this other monster bullshit. It's just all of this information, which sure. I don't really need to know who the fuck funds the blue sky guys. We don't really need to know that because it's not really important, but it's like basic information here. Like we get part of Nago's backstory with like, Oh, why he's a big hard ass. We never figure out how he became a fucking vampire hunter. Like it's not even just Watery's problem. Everybody has this problem. Even the most inconsequential characters have this problem of what the fuck is supposed to be public information or not? Like, Oh, the fucking, like most of the, sure, like most of the rank and file victim of the weeks, they don't fucking know anything about monsters until they get attacked. Sure. Like that's standard, but like Watcher's friend and what's her face? Shizuka, right? I fucking forget. Yeah. Her yeah, name. yeah. Shizuka like, knows who Kivat is day one. Like she fucking, she talks to, like she has conversations with Wataru and Kivat's there. She knows who Kivat is. She, although now that I think about it, I can't recall a single instance where she ever actually directly interacts with Kivet. No, she just like, knows that he's there and accepts it. She knows unless unless she just can't fucking see Kivet and she thinks Wataru is a crazy person, which I mean fair. Probably is fair. She but otherwise like she should know about fucking Kiva. She should know about all this bullshit. And she never questions any of this shit. Wataru's fucking rock star friend never questions any of this monster bullshit. He just kind of fucking rolls with it and like he accepts it immediately and never at any point stops me like, what's with all these fucking monsters? Why are there monster hunters? Who the fuck is <laughs> Kiva? Never. He's just like, oh, cool. These guys are great. It's like, <clears throat> I'm trying, like, I, I'm trying to <laughs> end this point and move on to a new point. But you, you I know can't. what it is, though? You know what it is? It's the fact that it smells of Inoue didn't want to fucking bother. He didn't feel like actually explaining any of this because he didn't want to bother. And we've seen Inoue, when he bothers to explain shit, he will go really in detail with some of the shit he'll talk about. This is obviously, he just looked at it and it's just like, who fucking cares? Like, I don't care. Maybe... I don't know, because, like, I'm trying to, like, you look at fucking all of his other shows, you look at Agito, and sure, a decent chunk of Agito stuff is never really properly explained, but that's, like, it's a mystery, so sure, that's fine that a lot of stuff doesn't get explained, at least until the very end, and then a lot of it's really, like, high-level cosmology shit, so whatever, <laughs> but then, like, you look at Fies, it'd be like if in Fies... Like, we started, we skipped the first episode with where Takumi gets the belt and Kiba becomes a orphanoc and him meeting Mari and all this shit. It'd be like, it'd be like that. I mean, even then, like, we at least know, uh, we of course at least have a justification for why Takumi knows what the fuck orphanocs are. No, do you know what it would be like? It would be like starting Fies immediately after Takumi turns into his orphanoc form. <laughs> immediately because nobody would like what, what what he's a wolf what wait what who's fights wait who's what smart brain wait what, what? No, it'd be like what? If, if like if we started when kaido and uh 
what's her fucking face joined up with Kiba. Like it'd be like if we started 10 episodes in and all of the important exposition has been dispensed. Like fuck's sake, even Don brothers. I hate, you know, I know this is low hanging fruit comparing Kiva to the best show on television, but even fucking Don brothers, which explains fucking nothing has at least at one point sat down to explain key information that we need to know to understand what the fuck is going on. Even though we don't understand what the fuck is going on, we at least know who the Don clan are. We know what the Noto are, what the Judo are. We know all of this shit because we at least had a point where somebody explained it to us. Just because nothing else is making fucking sense doesn't mean we don't at least understand the basic details of the setting. Kiva doesn't do that. Kiva at no point explains basic fucking information about the setting at all because he didn't want to fucking bother that's the thing that's the, it that's just the feels only, like he didn't want to fucking bother the only explanation is that he just didn't care that's the only thing and the thing is we know he know he's done something like this before because does nobody remember how Fize got his axle form? He just threw it like, at the fucker. Like that's a that's that's different though. Like him just giving out power ups because he doesn't care about the toys is one thing. Like fuck, that even happens in this show with Tatsula just fucking showing no, up. No, no, but sure, but like what what I'm saying is like we know what he knows is like when he doesn't want to explain something. He just throws it in. So what happens when he doesn't want to explain any of the show? He just tosses it all in there. He's like, figure it out, fuckface. I don't care. It's <sighs> it's mad. It's <sighs> it's show breaking. It's show breaking. I would uh, I would almost say it's worse than what fucking happened in like Ghost, but at least with Kiva. The nothing is consistent. It would be like, if, <laughs> at, at least if with with Kiva, I don't have to constantly guess what the fucking fangires are because they keep changing it every other episode. The fangires are the fucking fangires, and Kiva is Kiva. What are they? I don't fucking know. But, but at least there. it's the same thing from episode one to episode forty-eight. See, uh, I don't have to keep constantly wondering if the fucking fangires have become space aliens or people from the future or ghosts. <laughs> or whatever the fuck it is this week. No, that's at least, you know, it at least gets points for that consistency. But good God. Like, I don't want to keep harping on this. Again, we'll we'll move on to Otoya right now. But again, it is legitimately show-breaking with just how often I have to stop and say, how does this work? Why does he know that? What, What is, what's going on? Wait, how does he know that person? Wait, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he know this person? What's what's happening? How does this person not able to figure out this thing, despite the fact that he knows other thing connected to thing? Like, 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 again, the biggest thing is the fact that Kiva does not realize he's a motherfucking fangire. I'm like, there is no way, in any reality. That anybody would not be able to put two and two together unless you have literally subhuman IQ. Which, I mean, fine, that's what to do, I guess. But still, it was just like, holy shit. But again, that, that, I'll, I'll end it there because I know we can just go on for, ev- like for gonna, every detail. We've, are, we've already spent half a fucking hour complaining about how nothing makes sense. 
And if we don't stop, we're going to keep doing it for the whole episode. It, it, it could be honestly, we could do like an hour on like every fucking thing that didn't make sense in this show, oh, and God, we would absolutely. still be, and we would still be able to say we're not nitpicking <laughs> because of how <sighs> fucking constant this is. But you know what? Let's stop talking about Wataru and his fucking bullshit. Let's talk about something good. Let's talk about Otoya and why he's still the fucking best part about the show. God, I love this guy. Uh, Otoya is weird because in any other context, in any other show, with any other writer, Otoya would be the absolute worst character in the series. <laughs> he is he is the comedy pervert guy. He is an I don't want to say effeminate. He's a very flamboyant, very theatrical individual. He is, is a he is a swindling, womanizing thief. That's what he is. He's he's like Eddie Guerrero, but Japanese and a violinist. He's li- he's a liar. He's a cheater. He's a thief. He's a womanizer. He is just the worst person, and he's also the best person. Like, again, in any other show, he would be the obnoxious comedy pervert guy who just only exists to hit on women and get beat up. And that would be it. But Otoya somehow becomes the like the more important protagonist of the show than Wataru at any point, at least. And it's weird because, again, any other writer would not be able to make Otoya nearly as entertaining. That and his actor definitely really Oh, my God. He is so fucking good. He's so good. He's He's so good. He's got such a great energy to him. He's got such a manic performance. Just, like, facial expression and body chemistry and, you know, his physical acting is really good. And for most part of the show, he's just some guy. He's not a writer up until, like, halfway through, technically speaking, at least. He's just some asshole who decides, because he really wants to fuck one chick, to kind of sort of become a vampire hunter, except not really, except he is. He's, he is, but he isn't a part of the group. I don't know. They never really... They just kind of, like, accept having him around halfway through, so it's like, whatever. Ugh. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? <laughs> Otoya is that... It's, it's really weird about Otoya, because, again, he begins as just a fucking asshole like he is just the worst person you will ever meet and the fact that Inoue was able to take that and sincerely make him not only go through a legitimate change but also a change that felt natural and honestly kind of heartbreaking towards the end I'm like wow Inoue where the fuck was the rest where the fuck was this for the rest of the show (laughs) like honestly Otoya, for me, saves the 1980s segments because without him, those segments would be boring as fuck because they're all goddamn jobbers. Mm, absolutely. Actually, it's... I was going to say, Otoya does bring up a problem, though, that I think you and I kind of agreed on, though, the last time we did this. The 2008-1986 bullshit should not have been a thing. It was so uh, badly implemented into this show. I because get where he yeah. was going with it, but it should not have been focused on as much as it was. See, if it were like, yeah. it, like once an episode, there's like a minute or two flashback explaining something that happened in the past that set up the plot further on. 
even not necessarily like, like a monster of the week type thing, but just like a Otoya and so and so did this and that affected this in the present kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It would have been a much better implemented. That being said, I think the show would be worse overall if we didn't have it, weirdly enough. Because, well, I mean, not, yeah. not even necessarily just because, like, half the enjoyment comes from Otoya and his bullshit. But I think just, like, the the plots with Wataru in the present day are just so fucking devoid of anything happening most They're of the time. They're so dull. It's, the show would feel, like, padded out if it weren't for the, ty- the time displacement. But you're right, it is... It's very poorly implemented in a majority of the episodes. See, I, I say it mainly because, again, when you have a Monster of the Week show like this, and it, it, this, is, this is something that you immediately re- realize the moment they start doing it. The 1980s team, they don't ever fucking win. They don't mm. win ever. Okay, yeah, they beat a monster, but they never destroy it. They never kill it. They never do any of that. They never win. So all the tension is completely gone because you think, oh, Yuri's finally going to kill Rook. You know, she's using Ixa. She's going to beat him. Nope. Rook is in the present time. I guess we know she doesn't win this one. Like, And that kind of extends to, like, most of the characters where, like, obviously we know Otaya's not going to die. We know Jiro's not going to fucking kill Otaya or fuck Yuri or do any of this shit. Because we know he's here in the present, living in the fucking dragon castle, and he's helping out Kiva. I don't know where he ever agreed to help. Well, okay, yeah, he never mind. Yeah, he did do that. I, like, we know, like, you know, like, again, even extending to, like, the monster, the Wii stuff, we know they're never going to kill a fucking Fangire because it's the same guy in the present, which, honestly, if they didn't do that, probably would have been better. Even if they did, like, even just giving it an excuse of, like, oh, they fought it and they injured it and something or other leads that to being a weak point in the present day or some other shit. Like, if it weren't for the fact that just, like, the monsters fuck off and they lose and that's it, it would be at least a degree better. But again, that's kind of the issue a lot with, like, time stories like this or prequels or anything that's, like, a split timeline, like, you know nothing important is ever going to happen to these characters because obviously events in the other timeline, the other point in time, need to occur with these characters still around. So you're not just going to, like, kill Otoya halfway through the show before he's ever gotten laid because then the show doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unless, Unless, I mean, you probably could do that as a twist. That probably would be an interesting twist to do is just have... I mean, that'd be really annoying as a viewer to just, like, spend half the show with him and then have him not actually be connected to anything at all. But at the same time, it would be... Oh, oh, you mean, like, spending half the motherfucking show having him chase Yuri just so it can find out that she doesn't fucking marry this guy? I mean, to be fair, you can kind of already infer that with the whole thing with his daughter being around in the present day. Like, you think... You'd think she would at least recognize, at bare minimum, like, oh yeah, I had another brother just lying around who looks exactly like me, and this guy who is a part of the organization I'm also a part of. Like, you'd to think be, that to would be, be something fair, though, that came up. To be fair, though, Gary seems like the kind of chick who would literally throw the baby out with the bathwater. It's true. I mean, like, <laughs> actually, I don't even fucking know how old Megami is supposed to be. I mean, like, she'd she's, be around the same age as Taiga. 
she's got to be the same. No, because she. I don't think she's even mentioned yet in uh Because Tyga's already born in the eighty six. Oh, she. She'd baby. probably be. She'd probably be like. She'd have to be at least the same age, if not a little younger than Wataru. Because yeah. otherwise, that doesn't fucking make any sense. Uh, but that's the thing, like, right? But that's the thing. Before we're told that Megumi is Yuri, is Yuri's daughter and all that, you know, all of this shit going on with No, Otoya we, we find Yuri. that out, like, three episodes in when we find out, oh, she's No, no, I know, but, I'm, but I'm, what I'm trying to say is, like, all of this shit with Ota and Yuri, all of this time we're spending with them together just kind of feels like a goddamn waste of fucking time when he just cucks her with the fucking queen. <laughs> and I'm like, well, so what was the point of all that? I, I, I guess? Like, it, what? Why? It does feel like a waste, but I think I kind of understand where Inoue was coming with that plot line, and I kind of do like it, where Otoya is spent chasing after her because of what is essentially a surface level interest in her. He thinks she's hot and she wants to fuck her. And Yuri has no interest in him until she, she gets her life saved by Otea more or less. And that's when she's like, she loves him. Cause up to that point, it's kind of just like, yeah, you're kind of charming. They don't really have any chemistry up until like four episodes before that point happens. And they kind of rush into a relationship there. So to that degree, it's like, okay, this relationship is kind of, rocky it's not really like a fundamental love between these two and otia finding his real love somebody he's <laughs> actually genuinely interested in and that kind of sets it up that heartbreak i kind of understand where he's going with spending half the fucking show building up to that point and then introducing that yeah okay not fan of that if i, I think Maya it's because, was a character like yeah. earlier on like if that was like a love triangle kind of thing going on or even like i guess it'd be like a quadrangle with Jiro there a quadrangle if, you mean a square fuck off <laughs> I didn't want to say square because that sounds stupid Love oh, square oh, like quadrangle dumb. doesn't sound dumb listen <laughs> it sounds smart okay? no it doesn't we're talking it about fucking Kiva does. we're talking about Shut Kiva motherfucker <laughs> uh, anyways if then again if they didn't fucking introduce the whole checkmate four thing out of their ass and they introduced the queen earlier I think that plot line would have probably been better as it is. Yeah. It's really fucking rushed. I understand where he was going with it though, but it's not very well implemented much like basically everything else in this show. Because honestly, I, in my opinion, I Hmm. think it would have been better if he just didn't chase Yuri at all. I think it would have been better. Like here's my, here's my elevator pitch of how you make this better. He doesn't chase after Yuri, but the reason he gets involved with the Fangars is because he sees Maya, who is a Fangar, and he falls for her. Because it's fucking Otoya. He doesn't care if you're a fucking bug lady. He's He, he sees a hot chick, he's going to go for it. Mm. So, in my mind, it would make more sense for him to go out to try, to follow the organization to try and find Maya. And, you know, eventually she starts finding him a bit charming. Like, oh, that's cute. You're a human who wants to bang a bug person. That's that's adorable. And eventually that happened, right? Because as it is, it just feels super rushed. And also, when the fuck did he fuck her to have that kid? Does he just have, like, super semen? Like, Jesus Christ, dude. I guess they fucked there on the the fucking beach side or whatever. I don't fuck... That is actually a good question, like... 
at what fucking point would they have time to conceive a child? Because <laughs> like, I, I... <laughs> by the time like they properly decide to really try to hook up, Wataru is already there in the fucking past, and shit's going lightning fast. So unless they snuck off at some point in between scenes to go bang, and that was that was when, in which case Wataru's oh. entire scheme is pointless. Honestly, honestly, it's even worse when you think about it like this. Maybe they actually fucked while he was still with Yuri, which just makes it even worse. Because that's the only way I could think of it. Because, like, unless he fucked her, she got pregnant within, like, three days. They realized it. And that was it. Then fine. But the only other time he could do he could have done it was when he was making the violin with the chick. Mm. That's the only other time. Yeah, that's the weird... And then again... If that's the case, then Watcher already fucking failed, dude. You've already lost. It, honestly, no it kind of just, just, just makes Otoya look like more of an asshole. Like, it's funny because, like, I know we're skipping ahead to the end there. Watcher's whole plan was that he didn't want his parents to get married. Like, bro, they don't need to be married to have a fucking kid. Like, <laughs> I know it's the 80s, and that idea is still kind of, like, an accepted idea. I know that's still out of vogue to have kids out of wedlock but still dude it's like come the fuck on you gotta think ahead <laughs> no uh, again like i'm fine with the stuff with yuri and him like being obsessed with her in that haha comedy pervert kind of way as like a, a joke but if they if he wanted to do like the love triangle thing if he had maya as like a character way earlier on like even not her being like a finger like the way he even does it where like She's just this creepy woman who kind of gets endeared to Otoya and they find out that they have a lot in common and she really like she like appreciates Otoya as like a musician and an artist and all this stuff, even not necessarily knowing that he's a she's a fangire. If they set all that up in like episode six or something and they kind of had that going throughout the show, even doing it the same way we already do it with them hooking you know him and yuri her hooking up and then kind of realizing that they really shouldn't be together that'd be fine but as it is it like comes out of the fucking nowhere with her showing up in like episode like 25 or something like that yeah and this whole relationship happening after we've already spent half of the show building up to it <laughs> so you're getting dangerous and close to joey and rachel territory with that relationship fam <laughs> I never thought I'd be able to reference friends on this podcast, but here we go. God. <laughs> they were on a break, Jay. <laughs> uh, breaking the uh. chain indeed. Um No, but, but no, yeah. I, again, I to go back to Otoya as a character. I love Otoya. He's again, he's honestly one of the best parts of the entire show. He's charismatic, he's funny, and when the plot calls for him to be serious, he's serious. Honestly, guys, I'm I'm just saying, we should just give this motherfucker a show already. He would do great mm. as a main character. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think everybody's kind of in agreement on that. Uh, even like his, his banter and the uh, his relationship with Jiro, where they start off as enemies because, you know, they want to fuck the same chick, and also because, you know, 
Jiro is a wolf monster who wants to eat people. And <laughs> what is what yeah, is? This, I mean, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. He wants to rape Yuri and make her have a bunch of babies. Um, I, that's kind of something that we kind of always glossed over. Uh, <laughs> the the arms monsters killed a bunch of fucking people. They yeah they are they are just as complicit in atrocities as uh, the Fangires, but uh, they get a pass because um <laughs> because they're up. the minorities. Oh. Again, <laughs> well, listen. Let's not make any political statements. We can't walk back on this show. Oh, bro! Um, I mean, the show's saying it for for us, bro. You know, it's pretty fucking red pilled. You know, Inoue is very rarely political leaning in any of his works, but occasionally he'll just drop a fucking black pill or two for no real reason, and then never dwell <laughs> on it. Like in a like, I always think about the in Shanzarian where. Just for like one episode, we just have like the monsters talking about how modern society is fucking awful and it makes them want to die, and then they just never elaborate on on that again. <laughs> Honestly, he uh, Kinoshita probably was taking some notes from Inoue when he wrote the fucking stamp camps. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> uh, uh, but back on to, I already forgot what I was trying to say about Otoya. He's yeah, and like uh, the way he banter's with everybody, and the, his relationships develop. His, the relationships develop naturally, like him hating Jiro and wanting him to die because he's a monster, and then kind of slowly beginning to accept him, even though they have kind of a begrudging rival rivalry after that point. Like it feels natural. It feels very well handled, and honestly, it's one of the more entertaining relationships in. I mean, I don't want to say writer in general, but it's definitely in this show. It's the most entertaining relationship is him and the arms monsters kind of like kind of being like for going from enemies to sort of rivals to friends. I like it. It's it's very fun. And honestly, we probably could have had the whole season about that. But you know. I would have fucking not minded that, honestly. God, because no. <laughs> Lord knows those arms monsters do a little bit more fucking attention, especially what were Ricky and Roman. Ricky and Raymond. Raymond. Or Raymond. Ramon. Ramon, I suppose. Razor Ramon? <laughs> he fucking wishes. I wish. um, that, would I, make it, that would make him a more memorable character, to be fair. Honestly, to be fair, Ricky probably could cosplay as Razor Ramon. He's tall enough. Um, <laughs> build. Uh, right? He'd probably be a better fit for Diesel build-wise and also acting-wise, but <laughs> yeah, he could do it too. <laughs> ah, yes, he can emulate those shaky knees. Um, <laughs> what is he gonna fucking do? Uh, <laughs> no, but like, get again, us, Kevin, Dick. <laughs> come at me, you bitch! Uh, you should, 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 he'll probably just shoot me. Um, probably would. No, but like again, Otoya as as a whole, he's the best secondary. Like again, I wish he was the main character. He was so charismatic. He again, he carried a lot of the show because Wataru is not very charismatic at points. Where it's to the point where I'm like, all right. Let's go back to the 80s real quick. I want to see what Otoya is doing. And honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the stuff that, you know, Otoya does is just ad-libbed. Like, one one for some reason that always sticks out in my mind. Uh, the episode where he's, like, letting some little chick practice violin. They take her to the mountaintops. She leaves the door open, and you can just hear him, like, close the fucking door. <laughs> like, fuck? Yo, I remember that one, yeah. Like, she closed the fucking door. Like, I don't know. It just... He has such great instincts for comedy that I'm just like, you know what? This guy's great. And, you know, of course, you know, about 10 years later, they bring him back for Bill, and he doesn't look any goddamn different. 
No, and much like in build, much like in Kiva, he's also the most entertaining character in build. To be fair, it's actually a lot easier to be the most entertaining character in build than it is in this show. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, who else do we got? Oh, you know what? I guess we have to talk about our tertiary writer, or no, our secondary writer. I'm sorry, uh, Ixa. Which one you pick? Uh, There's like seven. I guess technically Nago. Um, Nago is... Nago, uh, get the fuck away from me, you thought Keisuke. <laughs> I have never seen a real human unironically do the the lawful stupid paladin, but I think <laughs> Nago is probably the closest to it. I, main... I, should, should we explain real quick that the Blue, blue Sky Pictures organization... Are just fucking. I kept thinking the same thing. Fuck you. <laughs> They're just the fucking Belmonts, but worse. Kind of. They have They're... the whip. They're Christians, and they keep dying. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're kind of they're kind of a useless organization because oh, fuck they have hell. like they have two fucking agents. One of them is Nago, who is an insane man. And is probably should probably be in jail and was in fact in jail multiple times in this show. Uh, and then we have Megami who just kind of exists. She never really does anything. She's she's she has a the gun uh, that gets fucking deflected. I don't want I don't want to describe it this way because it's kind of bad. But she she is the girl character. She is no you're, you're the girl you're not, sidekick. You're, you're not wrong. Basically. You're not wrong. No. She is. Because again, like Yuri has more of a personality than her daughter. Like she has more no, she spunk. She actually to her. has a personality. Like she too. has more spunk than Megami. Because Megami, she is girl. She is the girl character. But back to Nago. She actually has agency as a character and a motive and but, you know ba- a reason to, to be na- involved in the plot. But back to Nago's sex before marriage end up in a carriage case. K. Um, I fucking love Nago this. unironically believes hand holding is degenerate. Case. K. <laughs> I love this fucking guy. He is. It is such a shame what happens to him in the second half because Ugh. he is such an entertaining character, and you wouldn't think he would be, because like he is. This man has a six foot metal rod shoved so far up his ass it's sticking out of the top of his head. He is. He, I kind of don't even know where where to start. He's a bounty hunter. But is also like a cop, but is also a monster hunter. But... I, I, I was going to say, the best way you can describe him is with that one line. Hey, God, you've made a mistake. Fucking fix it. <laughs> I'm like, all right, bud. I like this. Uh, Though, to be fair, that was during his schizo arc. Um, but, but yeah, like that's the thing. His he, schizo it, arc that lasted for like three episodes. Like, that's the thing. His, his character is just... Uh, he's basically just the the world's most up his own ass knight, like mm. that's it. That he is up his own ass in every single way possible, and I love yeah, him. It, I love him. He is what like he is the cliche idea of what like a paladin is, like a D and D paladin. What's a paladin? Like, Fuck off! <laughs> Fuck off! I knew you were gonna do it. I knew you were gonna do it, and I still walked into it because uh, I knew if it wasn't me, it was, it was gonna be you. You're the spoony baby. You're the Spoonies whenever he fucking makes a new video. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? No, so he's like, he's the no fun allowed, like any kind of fun, any kind of like jovial attitude. 
uh, not allowed. Super serious, super stoic. He is like, if you so much as fucking jaywalk, your ass is going to jail kind of tier. <laughs> I remember he, that. Absolutely no, <laughs> no leeway with anything. He is the strong, the most ridiculously affixed morals out of anybody in a, like a TV show I've seen. And he sticks with it. And somehow he's entertaining. And I think a lot of it is just definitely like he is so serious that it makes it funny. And definitely in no way starts to like take the piss with him a little bit too, where like him being so like stuck up and uptight is definitely played for jokes. And it gets a little too overboard with it during the second half. Honestly, not even just the second half, like a third of the way through the show. He just kind of like shit just kind of starts happening to Nago. Like, like he fucking becomes a schizo and breaks a dude out of jail. Granted, it was a fangire, but fucking assaults cops and breaks into prison and gets arrested because he didn't steal a dude's button. I, the man, the man is certifiably insane, but it's weirdly, like, uh, he, he serves a nice contrast to you because like he's this overly serious dude <laughs> who's got a fixed moral, but like no personality compared to Wataru, who's got no personality as well, but he has no direction as a character. And Nago is like, you're such an embarrassment. Come, let me teach you. See, I think, I, I think the reason that Nago works so well, even though he, his mm. personality is pretty, I guess to some would be flat is that mm. his character is so convicted. Like he has such conviction <laughs> in what he believes and he's so mm. unwavering in that fact that it becomes entertaining. It's like it's like you said, literally if you jaywalk this motherfucker's going to kick your shit in. You know what he is, Jay? He's what everyone thinks Batman is. Who's like <laughs> if you litter, he's going to break your fucking neck. Oh, exactly. That's, That's a good enough. comparison. He's he's very much that uh like he's he's basically a narc essentially. He's like no fun allowed. If you are not acting like the most serious motherfucker on the planet, you are nothing to him. How dare you kiss like women before marriage? Exactly. How dare you live together with a woman before marriage, even? How dare you go on a date? How dare you interact with women at all, in general? <laughs> How dare you accept that women exist? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like, honestly. Yeah. I don't even know what I was going to say. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, honestly, dude, that's the, the, th the, the thing is, again, he, he, is, he has such conviction in, in his morals that, again, it just becomes funny. It's like this guy is just he, – he won't even let you look in someone's direction. Uh, whether uh, He'll just kick the shit out of you. Oh, you dare, mm. you dare even fucking litter. I'm going to kill you. I love him. I love him. It's just too bad what happens to him after he loses Ixa for the seventeenth time. Uh, he gets he becomes too much of a jobber and he gets fired from being a common writer, which is somehow not the first time that's happened in this series. Uh, <laughs> and then he just like becomes the biggest fucking joke in the series. Like, first and foremost, he gets a dumb fucking time travel plot where the first of several time travel plots in Kiva, mind you, where for no particular reason at all, Gowser shows up to 
frame the blue sky guys as criminals oh my God. because he couldn't paint anymore. Dude, I saw him and I was like, oh God, a nine-year-old's going to shoot you the fuck up, bro. Uh, well, it almost happened. <laughs> so, so Nago goes back in time for no particular reason to stop this one dude, even though he, you know, is being told his evil plan right to his fucking face and could just punch him and force him to do what he wants or, you know, do anything. That's too straightforward. That is too straightforward. No. So the, the whole fucking time travel thing too, because again, Castle Doran just has a fucking time machine in it. What, you don't? Why? I don't know. Your house doesn't have a fucking time machine in it? I mean, mine does, of course. But I don't know about everybody else. Like, what are the rules of it? I don't know. Why why don't they use it all the time? I don't know. Jiro brings it up when he brings Nago to the fucking time machine. He's just like, oh yeah, uh, we're not supposed to use it. Okay, cool. You gonna explain anymore? No. So they... Can you explain the rules of time travel, please? Nago's problems honestly begin way before that, where, again, he has his little schizo arc where he gets arrested because a criminal, he's got this weird shit where, like, he's a bounty hunter, right? And his whole thing is, like, he likes to steal the buttons off of people's shirts to prove that he captured them or something, like, for his own personal collection, like a weirdo. And he fails to do that one time, so he he becomes the Joker and breaks a dude out of fucking prison just to kill him for it. I don't fucking know. (laughs) It's not about the money, Batman. It's about sending a message. But that's kind of when, like, the problems with Nago becomes, where where he starts becoming more of a joke. Like, he gets brought on a group date because he's a humorless prick and needs to do something. And he spends the entire time complaining and being like, Oh, this is unclean. Oh, this is unpure. Blah, 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 blah. Like that kind of shit. And he was already a little bit like that beforehand. Like in the early show, like he just straight up says like, Megami, you suck. Why the fuck are you here? Nobody wants you here. You're, you're bad at this. You can't be Ixa. You can't be a monster hunter or anything. You're like a that. woman. Exactly. He, 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 but like under no uncertain terms, basically just says you're a woman. Basically. But then like, he kind of just like he runs out of ideas for Nago in LA. So again, he has the fucking time travel arc where he goes back in time to stop Otaya, who he doesn't know is Ixa, and he doesn't know anything. Like, he somehow, again, I don't know how nobody fucking knows Otaya is a part of Blue Sky until they meet him, or how they don't know who Otaya is, or how they don't know Wataru is Otaya's son, <laughs> even though he mentions that they have the same fucking last name. A very uncommon last name. I don't know many people who have the name Kurinai. Uh It's a very it's it's very much an. Well, there was that. Well, there was that one chick in Naruto. Yeah, that's true. But she doesn't exist. Otoya does. No. He's real. <laughs> but that's like that's another thing of like there's no explana- exposition. Is like how the fuck does nobody put two and two together here with Wataru and Otoya? How does nobody know what he looks like? How oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You mean how Nago? Literally fucking sees Wataru take out the same button he gave to Maya, and the dumb motherfucker can't put two and two together. That his mom's a fucking fangire. The woman that he very plainly sees is a fangire. Who she under tells no, him is a fangire. Under no uncertain circumstances that he knows this, and that he knows his dad is a human, 
because not only did he fucking meet Otoya, but that he knows Otoya was a member of the organization, even though he somehow doesn't recognize Otoya. And somehow does not immediately put together after his time travel shenanigans, oh, Watcher is a fangire. And then it spends eight more fucking episodes trying to figure this out. And then after finding out that he's Kiva, by accident, mind you, he has to be told by Wataru that he is a fangire, which he somehow was still surprised by, like a fucking moron. But that's not even, like, the thing that happens with uh, Nago. After his little time travel shenanigans, for some fucking reason, he gets just, like, shit on constantly. Like, he... I don't even remember the circumstances of it, but he gets fired from being Ixa because he sucks too much at his job, I guess. I don't even remember. How did they not fire fucking Mock? Mm, well, they should have. <laughs> like, he he whines about not being good enough and that gets him a power-up and then he still sucks at it. And then he gets fired. And then uh, the fucking literally who rock star guy who... Oh what God, the fuck come... was that character? What the fuck was his point? Uh, you know what? Let me let me just plow through him real quick. Why the fuck is Kengo a character here? What the fuck? He's lit- he has no importance to the plot. He is a fucking victim of the week who just never leaves. He just he just stays around. It he never contributes anything of importance. He's just there. He just hangs out with the Blue Sky Gang because he he has nothing else better to fucking do. And he starts, like, working with Nago because he wants to something with Nago, even though he thinks Kiva's cool and he thinks Ixa's dumb as shit, which is funny how many times he says that directly to Nago's face. But then, like, like he okay, he gets mildly injured during one fight by complete accident, by his own fault, mind you, his own fucking weapon backfires on him and he gets injured relatively moderately, but for some fucking reason that cripples him so bad he can no longer play the guitar, which drives him completely fucking insane and is just misunderstanding after misunderstanding of him thinking everybody hates him, which, you know, everybody but Watcher hates him. Thanks in no way. And then he just becomes fucking insane and militant and replaces Ixa for no real reason, I guess. So Nago spends the rest of the show, like a fucking joke character. Like he's constantly being shit on. He's constantly like goofing around and like he become, he tries to become Kengo's coach. And that's when we get like the fucking Ixa shirt and Ixa sizing which wasn't actually in the show, but still. And, like, him doing the goofy signs and shit. And just... Nago becomes a fucking joke, and just everything keeps happening to him. Like, bullshit. Like, I think he has to fucking steal back Ixa at one point. Yes, he does. And then for no real reason, he goes blind, too. For some reason, he becomes blind. He just... And then he just kind of stops being blind, too. Which, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that. But, like dumb shit just keeps happening to Nago for no real reason at all. And there's never any kind of coherent plot line for him. It's just like shit just keeps happening for him and it becomes a joke. And the show constantly keeps treating him as a joke. 
And I don't know what the fuck was even happening. I don't even know why he was still around, to be entirely honest. Because he just doesn't do anything. He stops doing anything of importance after, like, episode 40, basically. After he loses Ixa, he stops doing anything fucking relevant. Because even once he gets Ixa back, the fucking plot's moved far past his relevance. It's all about the Fangar bullshit at this point, and he doesn't really have any role in it. Honestly, <clears throat> what, what pissed me off more about Kingo is the fact that it's like, okay, why did he need to come into being as Ixa or even Wataru's friend? Like, when you really look at the grand scheme of what he did in the show, what he provided, what he added, he didn't add anything. There's nothing there. Like, top to bottom, right? Can anybody tell me, sincerely... What did Kango actually add to the show that if he were to be written out completely, we would miss? Nothing that I could think there's of. Like, there's like the one episode where Wataru accidentally joins his band, which is still kind of funny to me how that happens. Other than that, which I guess you could argue is a bit of a contribution to Wataru finally becoming, you know, not as introverted as he is he's that's kind of around the point when he stops doing the fucking hazmat suit stuff and he starts becoming somewhat of a normal person sure other than that which could have just been an episode of the week thing he doesn't do anything of significance at all for the rest of the show he, be he becomes an asshole and then he stops being an asshole he's just he's just kind of there his role could have been filled by anybody else Megami could have done the same shit as Kengo did. Nago could have. Fucking Shizuka could have. Shizuka doesn't fucking do anything in the show. And she still somehow see she some she somehow still has more of a point in this show than Kengo does. No lie though, I kind of forgot Shizuka was in this show as much as she was. I know, right? Like it, you you kind of realize you kind of don't think like she's in it that often, but it's like, oh wow, she actually is in there quite a fucking bit. I know, right? And she does fucking nothing at all. Like, oh my God, actually, you know what? It's funny. It's funny we mentioned how, like, irrelevant she is because when I was looking up, like, trying to figure out, like, basic information to try and to explain it for about the show, I found her page on the wiki and it, describing her version in the book, it's like, in the Common Rider Kiva novel, Shizuka is actually a major character and contributes to the plot. And that was it. That's all it fucking says about her in the book. Beautiful. <laughs> she actually matters. <laughs> she actually matters, as in doesn't, because we're not going to give you... She, don't ask us for an example, because we're not going to give you one. We haven't read the book either, don't worry. Oh my god, apparently in like the book, like Naga was the final boss too, which doesn't make any fucking sense to That's me. That's kind of based though. Yeah. It makes more sense to be the final boss than King again. <laughs> uh, well, well, speaking of characters who don't fucking matter and don't um, need to be in this show. So Kengo, Kengo is somehow not the biggest literally who nothing character. <laughs> I don't know how he accomplished that. So so after Kengo, I guess uh, who are we talking about? Uh, Well, I guess because he's. Technically a character, there's Taiga, uh, Sanya, <laughs> a.k.a. the other Dark Kiva. Okay, 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 okay. You know exactly what I'm going to start saying, because I'm going to fucking say it. Yeah. 
how the fuck does the Kieva hierarchy work? I, I don't know, bro. I don't because, know. Because I assumed that eventually the Kivats pass on their power to the next Kivat, just like King passes on to his and Queen passes on hers. I thought that, but no, apparently Dark Kivat and Kivat the Third just fucking exist at the same goddamn time. It's weirder, too, because, like, like the same thing with Otoya and Wataru. The Dark Kivat is Kivat's dad. Like they, 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 He says it, he, he calls him dad multiple times. Yeah, he's his father. Which, for one, raises questions about, one, who's his mother, and two, how the fuck do they have sex, and... You know, I don't want to think about... I reproduce asexually by budding. How does that explain Kivala, though? Uh, she's a whore. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) Also, she's not canon. Uh, No, she's not canon. Not Kiva, sure. We'll give her... I'll give you that. Uh, Well, I mean, Uh, what what in decade is canon anymore, man? What the fuck? (laughs) I don't even think Decade the Show is canon. Anymore. Like, Decade the Show and Zeo the Show aren't even canon to themselves. No. So, you took it. So, whatever. But, anyways. But, okay. So, you have Dark Kiva and you have regular Kivat. So, how does that work? Why are there two of them? Because, again, I assumed if you're Kiva, you're the king. You rule the fucking place. You're the, you're the, the cock of the walk, basically. But... No, I guess Kiva just kind of is a thing that exists. They, it feels like it was a retcon where it's like, oh, we want to have a dark rider. So we need to crowbar this in. And we didn't think about it because they mentioned Kiva is like a f- ancient Fangire warrior. And everybody keeps mentioning Kiva as being like an evil warrior. And they that's kind of like, again, they mention it multiple times that there is a singular Kiva that is an ancient, like it is a lineage of war, multiple Kivas and there has only ever been the one and that in every era up to this point, they have been evil warriors who have helped the Fangires and this Kiva is the exception, except sometimes they imply that he isn't, but he is. Everybody kind of seems to have a different, like, like when Rook brings it up, he kind of implies that like, Kiva's always been an enemy of the Fangires. Yes. But the way Nago and the other Blue Sky guys mention it is that Kiva's always been an enemy of humanity. Right, but let's be fair. What does Nago fucking know? That is true. But not even necessarily just Nago. Like, everybody in the Blue Sky group all treat Kiva as being an ultimate villain. Like, even, like, like uh, the boss, Shima, when he finds out Kiva's around, he's like, well, shit. That's not good, but also don't tell Nago because he's fucking insane is going to drop everything. I originally thought, th- this this is going way back to the first time I saw this show, right? Excuse me. I thought what they were going to reveal was the reason Kiva, the reason Kiva, especially Emperor Form, is so regal and so gold-looking is because he's the true leader of the Fangires, and they were going to reveal some bullshit story that the Fangires weren't always these hulking monsters that just wanted to eat people and instead they were like just people that lived with us you know and mm. somewhere along the line somebody fucked the original kiva over i thought that was gonna be a thing but no i guess kiva is just 
a thing that has been forever. Around, yeah. Just like Dark Kiva has been around forever. Honestly, that's the weirdest part, right? It's not the lineage is not Kiva at one, Kiva at two, Kiva at three, Kiva at four. It is Dark Kiva, Dark Kiva, Dark Kiva, Dark Kiva, Dark Kiva. So where the fuck did the other Kivats come from? I did unless I don't fucking know. Unless there's some bullshit where like they just evolve like fucking Pokemon or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Unless there's like been multiple again unless every single kiva had their own kivat and for whatever reason we just specifically started with this particular lineage of the third which isn't even necessarily wrong because the movie has another kivat which sure whatever but none of this shit again this is all shit that just never gets explained well because like could that they they imply because if kivat is the third that means dark kivat is the second Yes, they do mention that. Okay, so then who the fuck's the first one? I don't know. And why did they split? I don't know. What the fuck, dude? They, again, it really does seem like it was just... Inoue came up with this idea, basic a basic idea, and never expected to have to really explain it. And then once there was another Kiva that they wanted to make a toy of, he had to fucking figure it out, and he just... He's just like, whatever. There's another Kiva. Who cares? There's an evil, spe- there's a super special Kiva or whatever. That, that only the king can have. Mm. Which, Unle- which, Jay? Unless, yeah? unless there's a fucking time loop paradox bullshit where Wataru coming back in time at the ending fucked everything up. And that's where the third Kivat came from. And he was born specifically for... Wataru, or whatever. I don't fucking know. For all we know, that could be the case. Well, Jay, that brings up the bigger question. What the fuck is Sagark? Aliens. Yeah. I don't know. Sure. Because, because, what the fuck is that thing? Does that mean there's just multiple fucking transformation monsters? I guess. There's Sagark, sure. there's Kivat. I know that there was the ones in the movies. Like, what was it? Fucking Bebat? Uh, I don't know. Zubat? Legend, Go- Legend Gora or whatever. Yeah, like Zubat or whatever the fuck his name was. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, no, those were just other Kivats in the movie. What the fuck? Oh, one well, those one of them was like a robot, I think. I don't know. No, those aren't canon. Still. Well, they can't, they can't be fucking canon because it also has... Otaya meeting Wataru and fucking time travel bullshit. So it's impossible to fit in the fucking No, it's not because you can just say Wataru fucked up the timeline so fucking much that he had to fix it by trying to kill himself. (laughs) No, no, like, no, like, I seriously tried to figure it out watching the movie. Like, okay, so they already know that he's Kiva, but they haven't gone back in time yet. But Otaya doesn't know that he has a son, but he hasn't met Maya, but he has, and I don't. I don't even know. I don't even try to fucking figure it out. It doesn't make but, any sense. That's why, that's why it kind of comes down to me again where I'm asking, what the fuck are these things? How do they work? Who are they? What are they? Who are these fucking people? Literally, if, if in no way just said they came from space, fine. That's all I need to know. Space, They're space, aliens. Space, space, space. space. It's it's there's it's from space. That's it. What fucking more answer do you need? 
Sure. I need more because apparently now aliens exist in this fucking show. I... The more you think about it, the dumber it gets. Man, this is like the same bullshit that happened with World of Darkness where, like, you start introducing all these other fucking monster types and then it gets really ridiculous. Like, fucking mummies exist and fairies and all this other shit. Like, sure. Like, like werewolves and Frankensteins and, like, then you get, like, like aliens and wraiths and other bullshit and skinwalkers. Like, I don't even fucking know, man. Like, <laughs> I literally, again, like, Dark Kiva, I will give a pass mostly because I legitimately think that was just an, oh shit, how do I fucking work this into the show kind of thing. But what the fuck is Saga? Why does he, for that matter, why does it, why doesn't Saga have a key that? If he's a fan guy, or why does he just have another thing? Like, I get obviously it's because to sell toys, but like... Well, see, okay, that's another what? thing then. If he's supposed to be the king and being groomed to be the king, why doesn't he have dark Kiva? Or why doesn't he just have regular Kiva? Well, well, the show at least explains why he doesn't have dark Kiva. is because dark Kiva is in hiding, and his mom... The other queen is the only one who can give it to him, even though she's lost her powers and been deposed. So, therefore, she shouldn't be able to do that. Oh, you mean like how but she then, just like, randomly gave Wataru Kivat? Uh, but again, like, her approving or disapproving him as Dark Kiva doesn't even fucking matter. Because Kivat second just shows up and decides to help him anyways. So, it wasn't even a fucking problem. See, she it totally just out of nowhere it again every time you think about this because the thing is we can't talk about taiga because he's not a fucking character he's just a dick like i like he's kind of a bro taiga is taiga is such a fucking moron and respects women so much that every single problem that he incurs is entirely because of himself like i like the idea of Oh, here is Wataru's long last best friend, who's also his mortal enemy by complete accident. And then he's his long lost stepbrother, which is the most hokey shit you could do, which, I mean, like, again, is like hardly a twist because the second we find out that Taiga is the king's son, like, you fucking know that's the twist. And we it takes 12 fucking episodes for us to figure that out. Ugh. Well,. Still, I kind of like Taiga, mostly because his actor is entertaining, and he's just so, so buffoonish that it's hard to hate him. Like, the entire fucking subplot with his girlfriend, the new queen, and Wataru's girlfriend, and there's this weird, like, non-love triangle where, like, Wataru is in love with her, she's kind of in love with both of them, but hates both of them, but wants them all to die... And Taiga is just oblivious to everything. Kill your brother if you love me, Wataru. <laughs> literally. She literally says that. What the uh, fuck was that? Women moment. Honestly, uh, dude. Honestly, this entire show, Inoue basically just says, fuck women. To be fair, that's most of his shows. But Kiva in particular, yes. Like, like Inoue is basically, is basically saying, look, bitches ain't shit. Go fight monsters. I do love just like how oblivious Taiga becomes to the most obvious shit. Like, oh, 
Watcher, you're in love with a girl? Oh, that's so cool. You should meet my fiance, Mio, who looks conveniently like your girlfriend. Like, oh, what's that? Watcher, you got dumped? Oh, well, whoever you were dating is a fucking whore. She deserves to be strung up in the streets. Too. Fucking... I love that scene, too. What? You got rejected? Yeah, she's got shit taste anyways. What a low-class woman. She deserves to be shot and cornered she's a hooey. and feathered. A Nobody should have ever rejected you. Man, if my if my fiance Mio ever did that to me, I'd go crazy. Like if I, I ever got rejected, I'd probably try and kill you. I it's so fucking funny too because Watcher like straight up at one point tells him like I'm in love with your fiance. And he just d- doesn't even fucking connect with him. He's just completely oblivious to the fact that like his his fucking fiance is in love with another man and straight up tells him and his best friend is in love with his fiance. And for some fucking reason, he can't put two and two together until she straight up fucking confesses <laughs> her love for him in the middle of a fucking firefight for some reason. I know it's just, it's, it's even better, right? Because like when she gets kidnapped and Watsudu says, I love your girlfriend. He's just like, uh, like, me too, bro. I mean, me too. Hell same? yeah. Fist bump. Same. Uh, splitsies? <laughs> hey, listen, our relationship isn't monogamous. It's banger rules, you know? <laughs> to be fair, King. King didn't... He just banged, like, left and right. It's pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Still. Look, I, yeah, yeah, go for it. Taiga is, like... He's such a fucking moron. But that's what makes him so entertaining, is that he's so stupid... He is such he's so bad at everything he does. He he repeatedly fails to kill people. He is so bad at killing people that he just he cannot successfully kill anybody that isn't just standing there watching him get like let him die. Like the only people he kills are people who are just like willingly letting him kill him. That's it. He like, had the chance to stab his mother with a sword, and she still didn't fucking die. He fucking missed. Somehow, in a fit of blind rage, while literally holding the woman, he fucking missed with a sword. I don't know how you do that. Obviously, uh. it's because Taiga is one of the most incompetent some bitches on the planet. This is Tiger going to. Respects. This is going to. This is the guy who's going to fucking lead your entire race. She's gonna lead him into extinction. I'm surprised they haven't already gone extinct with the fucking incompetence that run around, anyways. I mean, to be fair, yeah. I mean, have you seen their generals? Ugh, they're all fucking morons. Rook, just like, I don't know how Rook is still alive. Like, he must just fucking be immortal or something. He doesn't fucking die until he like lets himself die. Which is the funniest thing, too, is that, like, Rook is such a non-character. Like, he's set up as, like, the ultimate, like, oh, he's the big, like, the strongest motherfucker, but he's, like, a nobody in the grand scheme of things. And, like, his whole shtick is that, like, oh, he just picks random, like, goals for himself to kill people. And if he fails, he fucking tortures himself, which is, I don't know what the fuck was going on there. He's this character who just, like, nobody can fucking kill him. He just keeps showing up and losing but then he just, like, fucking runs off anyways like nothing happened. And it's not even like a he gets his ass beat. Like, they keep trying to kick his ass, and then he just fucking walks off. He just gets bored of the fight and leaves. 
<laughs> and then there's like I don't even know what the fuck Bishop was his job was. He was a smoking a too. lot of crack. Did you see his eyes during the finale? Yeah, dude, he was fucking tweaked on bath salts. Or dude, something. I'm not gonna lie. The entire time Bishop was there, I kind of just kept asking myself, "What's the plan? What, what, I would like a set a set timeline here, guys. What are we doing? I guess just fuck it. Just fuck it." I mean, at least at least they have discernible goals, unlike the king, who is somehow the biggest literally who villain in com. Even the fucking bad guy in Deno is less of a literally who than King. Because at least at least Kai had a fucking goal of some sort. I don't know what the fuck King wants other than to keep being the king. What the fuck? Why does he exist? What the fuck does he do? King is there for one reason and one reason only, Jay. What that reason is, you're going to have to ask Inoue. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> well, because, like, okay, think of it this way, right? Guy comes in. I'm king. I'm going to kill you all. He fucking ha. Then he gets his ass beat by Wataru and his dad. He comes back. I'm the king. I'm going to kill all of you. He fucking ha. And then he gets killed by <laughs> the same guy and his brother. That's the funniest thing, too, is, like, in no way made him such a literally who that killing him off before the finale didn't matter. But at the same time, he wrote himself so far into a corner, he had to bring the same literally who back to be the final boss again. And it went just as well the first time. It's so... It's it's honestly impressive how fucking incompetent as a villain he is. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's like, okay, he comes in, he kills a bunch of people, he's trying to do something, and then it's like, Okay, well, you got this far. What's your next plan? I don't know. I'm here. I mean, like, that's one of those inherent problems with vampire-esque media. When you deal with, like, the vampire aristocracy, it's like, the fuck goals do we have, like, other than just exist? You, There are no real discernible goals that they ever have. And even when they do, it's like world-ending shit that only fucks themselves over, like, God, if I had a nickel for every time there was a vampire show, it's like, oh, we want to wipe out all humanity. Like, okay, sure, yeah, let's wipe out all the fucking plants on the planet. Sure. Good good fucking plan, guys. What are you going to do after that? Starve yourself to death? Good, you know. There's only one show in the world that did that after. right, and that was Vanny Nights. I don't even know if Vanny Nights did that. It did. They, they were va- really- No, no, no. Okay, I can tell you the exact plan. They were going to use the Umumabubububu sword. To destroy all of the humans on the on the planet, and then somehow that leads to the main character's sister getting eaten. Uh, man, I don't even. That show is still fucking for you. We I gotta rewatch that one of these days. Me too. Mm. <laughs> to be fair, though, I need yeah, I. Yeah? That's that's the kind of show that like you can't show somebody else unless they have just as potent brain worms as you because like <laughs> you put this you put this on with like you're relatively normal or you're more casual tokusatsu friends and they're going to think you're fucking crazy. They're not going to like, they're not going to sit around and watch it, but no, I don't think I'm going to come over next time. Jay. Sorry. <laughs> like nobody in this show has any, like the villains don't really have any fucking goals. What is, what is their? They don't really have a plan. Their plan is to fucking exist. They're just there. They don't really have well, that, any that's like, another thing, massive right? end goal. Well, that's another thing, right? 
what is what is the hierarchy of the fangires? What is their what is their structure? What is their social structure? Because the king, the queen, the rook, and the bishop are the ones who rule everything, right? But rook doesn't do anything; he just fucks off. Queen kills fangires that fall in love with humans, which that must be a tiring fucking job, unless all the fangires just happen to be you, in Japan. And bishop is just bishop. B- bishop is like, I guess he's like there to make sure the others do their job, but like that's really only necessary under certain circumstances, and he doesn't really have any other reason to be here. And then the king is, the king, they kind of set up with Taiga where, like, his job is to keep humans from advancing too far, which, I mean, ultimate monstrous aristocracy trying to keep the uh, normal man from progressing. Gee, I wonder what Inoue meant by that. Um, But, like, that's kind of, like, a non-goal, too. Like, that's kind of, like, an everybody's goal. And that runs into the problem of like, what the fuck even are Fangires? Are like, they just like normal people that can turn into monsters. Like, I know they're like a different species or whatever. Like, are they just insane? I don't know. Most of them have jobs. Most of them have normal lives. The problem is that like half the Fangires we meet are completely insane and should be like, should fucking already be dead or in Well, that goes to another point, right? What happens like when you have Murakami from Fies, Literally suppress the need to feed. Mm. What the fuck is that? Which they can just do, I suppose. And then you get, like, the other half of Fangars, which are just just dudes. They're just normal people. There's just some fucking guy going about his 9 to 5, and he happens to be a giant stained glass nightmare monster. I guess. I don't even fucking know, dude. I'm not gonna lie. After a while, it started becoming less of a thing of, Okay, what's the plan? And more, who the fuck are these people? Why are they doing this? Like, okay, you know what? To, to, unfortunately, to bring it back to Amazons again, at least then we were told they were going to go crazy no matter what. At least then we were told that they had to eat. But I also, at least then, they gave them an alternative, like with Mamaru, where they gave them the fucking, the, like they gave them the mental midget meat. And where he could eat that and he wouldn't get smarter. How does a fangire not eat people? Like, do they just eat regular I, food? Can they just substitute the life essence with regular food? I guess they can. I guess they can't. I mean, that's the problem with, like, va- again, that's another vampire problem thing where, like, feeding equals death. Or, like, at least, again, you know, with Vampire the Masquerade, when you fucking f- drain somebody's vita, they don't die instantly you can you can leave them be and they just kind of like get better they get more blood you know as normal people get do but like like other vampire media were like a vampire feeding means instant death like you you like a person is one and done once you get all the blood out they're dead you can never bite them again you can't save them and just let them go back or you know hypnotize them or anything like that well see that's the thing no. jay that's the thing how the fuck did taiga Turn Shima into a goddamn fangire. I don't fucking know. How does know. that work? More importantly, how does the king turn Maya into a human? How does he remove their fangire? Like, like that's the problem. Like, okay, they're supposed to be another species, but like, you can just turn people into fangires, and you can just turn fangires into humans. Like, 
What the? F- where the fuck does the line draw? Are are they mutants? Are they fucking? Are they like the fucking Grongi, where they they got turned into fucking monsters because of a fucking magic space meteor? Are they Agitos? I don't know. Well, that's the thing, right? Because again, if they can make more of them, then what's the fucking problem with them fucking reproducing with humans? For that matter, like, if they're supposed to be immortal vampires who... St- like, that's kind of the thing. Is like, most of the fangires we see don't age between the past and the present. So I guess they're fucking immortal. Or they just live really long. But like... Well, I mean, Maya well, just- apparently fucking... Rub doubles with Stradivari. Yeah, exactly. Like they're three, they're hundreds of years old, like regular vampires. But like, they they can still have children. Like Fangires and Fangires can fuck and have kids, and those kids are still Fangires. Like, how does that fuck? How does work? the aging work? Like, if you're immo- if you guys are fucking immortal, like, how do you are 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 the fucking checkmate forged special and they don't age? <sighs> No, because all the other fangires we well, see that's what I'm saying. Like, don't like, age. Okay, so like, what, like, does like, feeding on humans like prevent you from aging? Is it like fucking Botox? Well, well like with Taiga, it... like right, like with Taiga, like he was a baby, but now he grew up. Mm. Does that mean fangires can grow up to a certain age? I guess. Is it like Highlander rules where you have to you you keep aging until something happens and then you're just stuck at that age? I guess because that would explain why there are fangires who look like they're fucking 50. You know, you got Alternative from Ryuki over here who is like late 40s, mid 50s or whatever the fuck. And he's supposed to be an immortal vampire. You have these other guys who are like mid 50s elderly dudes who are fucking immortal vampires. So I don't fucking know where. I guess unless it's like you age unless you eat humans. But then like. Why the fuck do we need to eat human? <laughs> like, but even then, we like we get the guy who was, like the uh, I forget his name, the dude who was stealing stuff for his cancer wife. Like, he doesn't fucking age, and he's clearly been sitting there for twenty two years, not feeding on humans or doing anything, just trying to help. His Murakami wife. hasn't eaten somebody in fucking twenty two years. No, exactly. Yeah, it, like. And again, this is not us sitting here wondering what kind of fucking fuel that the fucking boron booster uses. This is sincerely something we have to question. It doesn't make any fucking sense at all because the rules are the rules are never explained. This is this is bordering on whose line is it anyways tier. <laughs> <laughs> there are no rules and the points don't matter. Like we're we're just we're just on the cusp of whose line is it anyways, because it's like, it, it, it feels like that sometimes. And again, I know, I know that in the grand scheme of the story, this, the societal hierarchy of the fangires should not matter. But at the same motherfucking time, I'm sorry, but it does because then you have people like Taiga killing motherfuckers because they dare they dare do anything to improve humanity and Queen killing motherfuckers because they fell in love with a human. But then Taiga's dumb fucking ass turns some random asshole into a fangire, which either means that the fangires are naturally occurring that just happen to be a thing or they're like zombies who have just populated through biting people. I don't fucking know. Maybe. I don't. Ah, man. You know, you see what I fucking mean, man? Exactly. This, this is all stupid. 
This is so fucking stupid. And we haven't even gotten to the abortion plot. <laughs> oh. Shall we? Actually, you know what? Before that, Jay, can I just say something about the, the Zonvat sword? Other than it's a big jerk-off sword? See, you want to know why it's such a big jerk-off sword? It's not even the fact that the motion is a jerk-off motion. It literally has a dickhead on it. It does. It literally has a dickhead it on does. it. It um, God, we, we, we went so long on, about King that I don't even remember where we were story-wise. Uh, well, there really, there really isn't any kind of, like, coherent plot until the shit with Taiga and Mio comes in. Because, like, that bullshit love triangle is what drives the finale of the fucking show. Because, like, like, he wants to marry her because he's the king and that's supposed to. And that kicks off this dumb fucking love triangle where she's kind of manipulating Watsuru, kind of not, whatever the fuck, I don't even know. And Taiga wants the Dark Kiva, even though he shouldn't be able to get Dark Kiva and... All the stuff with Otoya and Maya hooking up and her being betrayed and all this other shit. It really... Nothing really coherent starts happening, at least with the present day stuff, when up until Mio dies. And for... You know, I'm going to be entirely honest. For some reason, I remember this completely different. I remembered her dying and then coming back. I remembered her coming back to life. I did too. I just... I don't know why. I just remembered her coming back to life for some reason. But she dies because Wataru, for some reason, blames himself, even though absolutely nothing he did was even involved. And for some fucking reason, he decides that he's going to go back in time and stop himself from being born. Because that will magically fix everything. Yes. Somehow. Yes. I, I just I Which, just want you to, to to reiterate that Jay, Wataru, this this absolute this absolute genius of a man, decides that the only way to fix the fact that his girlfriend fucking died, is to go back in time, and abort himself. Not all of the other bad things that happened, mind you. Not all of every single thing after that point. His not girlfriend dying, is what convinces him to go back in time and stop himself from being born. And, like, this sounds hilarious. I have, like I said earlier in the episode, I described this plot line to somebody. And they thought it was the funniest fucking thing. And they wanted to watch Kiva with me to get to this. And then they stopped watching Kiva with me, like, three episodes in. But I describe it, and it's it's so fucking stupid. And not even, like, a fun stupid. It's... First, first and foremost, how Wataru even fucking knew he had time travel powers before he even got anywhere near Castle Doran? I don't even know. I don't even remember Jiro telling him about it. Like, I don't even think Jiro tells him about the time travel shit. I think he's just like, he just like kind of like accepts showing him where the time machine is. I guess Wataru knew it was there. I don't fucking really know. Like, why the fuck would Jiro want him to go back in time unless like, again... <sighs> There's a fucking time loop, and Washiro needs to go back in time. No, so he'll Jiro be just needed him to learn the importance of family. I guess. <laughs> but it's not even like his first fucking solution is to do some Looney Tunes bullshit 
to try and I keep. I swear to God, dude. <laughs> try to keep him, he keep Otaya and Maya from hooking up, which he's already too late. He's already way too late on that part. And I don't know why he thought pretending to be a doctor or pretending to be a fortune teller and all this shit was going to work. I don't, what, what was his plan? Um, what was his plan is to just like tell Otoya to stay with this woman who clearly he does not really truly love. His plan and was, just hope. his plan was, I hope it works. That was his plan. And then even at, even after just being like, fuck it, I'm going to break the timeline and reveal myself to you. Multiple times, he's just like, you can't let me be born. He never really elaborates on that. He's just like, Otoya, my dad, my mother, you can't let me be born. You have to let me not be born. You guys can't have sex. And they just straight up you look at him never- like, what the fuck are you on, dude? Like, first, you know, you get the usual time travel bullshit. We're like, oh, they don't believe him or whatever. But even after they believe him, like, they think he's a fucking weirdo. They think he's insane. He's a fucking Looney Tune. Every single time, he's just like, you can't get together. They're just like, well, that just makes us want to be together more. Like, even go, even like trying to get Yuri to keep, like, break them up, she just fucking, like, gives up and lets them be together and stops pretending. Like, how do you fuck that up so much? How do you? (laughs) And it's not even like he comes to the conclusion that he just has to kill them to prevent him from being born. The king, for no real reason, after getting cucked so hard by Otia, he becomes a fucking joke, even though he was already a non-character. He's just like, obviously, you have to fucking kill your dad, moron. That's the only way. I know, right? Like, I I love that part, too. Where, like, Watsu legit looks at him like, oh, yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and then and then he never actually tries to kill his dad. He just, like, he's, like, at that point, he's just like, oh, well, I guess I shouldn't be doing this then. He just stops caring. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, too, because, like, like they, they straight up ask him, like, Watsu, do you still think you should die? He's like, no? Yes? I guess M- maybe. Not. No, wait, what? What are you asking me? What's the question? <laughs> like, what the fuck? He like he can't like, even bring himself to fucking answer. Like it'd be again. Like <laughs> it would be one thing if he went back in time with the express plan to kill Otaya, or at least his mom. But like, no, that was never his plan. His entire plan was some Looney Tunes bullshit. Like this is like the fucking parent trap or whatever to prevent them from hooking up. But no, no, it isn't until after the 10th fucking time and him breaking time and space by revealing his identity. Does he ever come to the conclusion of after being told, by the way, of, oh, yeah, maybe I should just try to kill him. But then immediately after being told, like, if you kill them, you won't be born. He's just like, eh, I don't feel like it anymore, dude. I'm like, that's eh, whatever. He's like, yeah, he, he, he almost looks at him like, wait. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I'm not going to be born anymore. Oh, well, I don't want that. <laughs> that's kind of, that. that's not good. Like, wait, wait, not being born means I won't be born. Oh shit. Huh. <laughs> it's like he never, he, like he genuinely never crossed his mind. Like everything will be better if I was never born, but never seemed to realize that not being born means that he'll He's never like, be wait, born. If I'm not 
born, then I won't be born. Hmm. That seems kind of weird. All, all of the shit won't happen. Which, <laughs> again, like, which means I won't ever, go, like, which means I won't ever actually go back in time to be born. Which, again, not even getting into that bullshit paradox. <laughs> like, the problem is that, like, at this point, like, Otoya and Maya were basically casual acquaintances. They really hadn't, like, properly hooked up yet. It wasn't until fucking Watsuru coming back in time and telling them, you guys are gonna get, you guys are gonna fucking have a kid, that they really, like, actually started being together. Dude. And it's like, like, what? <laughs> a lo- again, like, Unless this entire thing of Jiro telling him about the fucking time machine and all this was specifically to allow this fucking time loop to occur, which I don't know when he figured that fucking plan out. I don't know, like, because I don't think past Jiro ever meets Wataru. No, because he doesn't, because when Otoya mentions having a kid, he's just like, what the fuck do you mean a kid? You've actually had sex? I don't believe that. Like, he, he, I don't fucking know. I can't, unless... Somebody told them that about I I, I can't <laughs> Oh my god dude because the thing is that's like I don't care who you fucking are no one can use the excuse they'll just turn your brain off because no one is this fucking dumb no one is this intellectually dishonest that they can't see any of this and think Did you not think this through? This whole plan is stupid. This whole plan is dumb. It's not even like... Like, I know we got shit with, uh... What episode was it? Cure Yuja. Where, like... uh, Like, that was the one where people were like, Oh, just turn your brain off. And I'm like... Like, sure. Cure Yuja is, like, a not serious show. And that's one of the ones where it's like... Alright, fine. If I weren't as heavily entrenched in this franchise as I was... If I just turned my brain off and watched this... I'd probably have fun. If with I turned it. my fucking, like, if I just turned my MCU brain on, then fine. But like, Kiva is such boring, fucking weepy melodrama shit for most of it, and even like in no ways comedy shit is super out of place because even like the comedy stuff is for the most part kind of taken seriously, with some exceptions. Like, obviously, like Otoya and Jiro's banter and like some of the shit like that with like Nago's bullshit is meant to be a joke, even though everybody kind of sells it seriously. But like most of it is such boring, uninteresting, weepy melodrama that you like, you can't turn your brain off because your brain is already off for one, but like it's so fucking dull and the characters are so fucking boring that even like the fights and the soundtrack and the suits and all that, they're not really fucking worth it. Like, you can't turn your brain off for it because everything else around it is so wrapped up in it. Like, you can't, like, there's nothing you know what, fucking You know what it is? It. It's quite literally, you can polish a turd all you fucking want. At the end of the day, it's still a fucking turd. And and I'm, I'll be the first one to say, the suits and the music in the show are immaculate. Like, holy oh, fuck, what did Toei do? Like, who did they sell their soul to to get this kind of beautiful fucking orchestral stuff? Like, the music in the show is just fucking great. I love the music. It's honestly probably top five writer OSTs, if not top three. Like, there are not mm, many absolutely. there are not many writer shows that get even close to the level of amazing detail that this OST gets. And that's not even getting into the actual songs. Like, I love it. 
and the and, and of course the mm. suits. You know, dude, Dark Kiva, that that fucking ruby on emerald look. Mm, fucking, mm. Mwah, mwah, mwah. it's fucking beautiful. But all of X's forms are great. Key, base Kiva is great. Even like the arms monsters look like are good, except for the the fucking the Gabaki, form, the one he used one time. One time. Yeah. Actually, I did, I did like, tally how many times he used these fucking forms. You did. I did. So actually, here you go. Doga, twice. Basha, three times. Garulu, four times. And Garulu fake once, because I forgot it existed afterwards. Um, again, all the su- and like even like even Emperor looks good, even though it's that awful piss yellow color they always use. <laughs> to be fair, they had to use that suit. If not, they would have That's killed. True. They would have killed a man. Yes, the uh, the infamous base Kiva suit, which is so poorly fucking designed that it nearly broke Seiji Takeiwa's back, <laughs> even though it's somehow not as heavy as Decade. And somehow not as heavy as Shenzaria? <laughs> no. Well, nothing's as heavy as Shenzaria. Shenzaria would actually kill you. Uh, you know, it's it's funny, because, like, Kiva's weight gets brought up a lot when, like, suit actors do, in, in, you know, like, interviews and, like, discuss behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, Seiji Takeiwa has a bit of a reputation of being a bit of a whiner and kind of complains about stuff, like, if it's not perfect for him, you know, he's a, he's a little bit of a diva, mm-hmm. but even like the like most hard ass suit actor who doesn't take that shit serious is like, yeah, Kiva's a death trap. That thing was a fucking nightmare. And it, like half of it's because like the chains on the suit are real metal chains for some fucking reason. They decided to use real chains made of real metal wrapped around his fucking body. Well, it's not just that too, but, but it's also the way that he runs. It's the fact that the chest piece has no fucking articulation to mm-hmm. it, and he has this like weird half hunched over run the entire show. I mean, granted, it's, it's the world's best fucking ab crunch, but fucking hell. Oh my god! Absolutely. Like you'd have a six pack just wearing that for a fucking day. But again, like, but but to to go back, that's the fucking problem. Is that a lot of the show is very pretty. A lot of the show sounds very nice, but as I've always said. If I want to see the if I want to see the suits, I'll buy a fucking actually no Yimper doesn't have a fucking no it does have a, but shit he does he does finally have I one, know yes. right thanks Toei but like if I want to see the suit I'll have a fucking figure art if I want to listen to the music I got it on my PC I can just listen to it right now none of that is worth sitting through forty eight fucking episodes of Jack and shit again. Even Otoya, being as amazing as he is, I can't justify anybody watching this show for that bullshit. Fuck that. Fuck that. No. So, with that being said, Jay, should we get to the ending? (laughs) (laughs) So, as we've already described with the nonsense fucking time travel arc, you've got the the... I don't even know what the fuck Bishop's plan was. I guess he just got salty that Taiga was such a dipshit that he wanted to be king himself for some reason. And then he creates a zombie army of Fangires, which he could just do, I guess. And then he revives King, who dies. And then there's some weird bullshit about Wacharu declaring himself the new king. And this this was because reasons... And then, then he and Taiga have a dumbass slap fight that doesn't actually end. They just 
they just start having a fucking anime club kid fight, and then they, we just <laughs> jump ahead for no reason. I'm like, going to start rotating my arms really fast in your direction, and if you get hit, it's your fault. That's basically <laughs> the fight, yes. Like, I don't I don't even know what the hell that fight was going to accomplish. Uh, I, I don't even know what the hell Watsuru's entire plan of pretending to be the king was, other than, like, to draw Bishop out, but he doesn't kill Bishop. He never even meets Bishop, other than the one time plan, he breaks into Castle his Thorin. His plan is lol. That is his fucking plan. Lol. His plan is lol, I'm gonna do this. So after everything just kind of gets resolved off screen, uh, Taiga decides to reform his company and instead they're going to, I guess the, I guess all of the fucking board members were fucking fangires or something because he straight up says like, we're going to develop technology to help fangires generate life energy without having to kill people. And nobody like, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I guess, I guess fangires are again, just common fucking knowledge. If he can just mention this, Without it being weird. Oh, uh, like, no, not just that, but apparently, apparently there's just, what, I, they're just going to Monsters Incorporate this whole fucking thing and just find an alternative energy source. Because they can! I mean, I guess there's no reason why they couldn't, theoretically. I mean, they yeah, spent... what is life energy, then? I don't fucking know, exactly. dude. Like, if it were, bl- like... If this were real vampire shit and it was blood, like, yeah, I'm sure you could find a way to synthesize the proteins and blood or whatever the fuck that vampires feed off of. It's not the first time. Fucking Blade's done that. But then, like, that that's even just, like, a completely unnecessary, like, like oh, I guess all the fangars are going to be good now, except they're not, except they are. But then, like, for no real particular reason, Megami and... Nago decide to get married, I guess. Apparently. For some reason. Apparently. And then, like, the fucking wedding, which is full of a bunch of literally who's. And for some reason, they invited the arm monsters, which, fuck, we didn't even talk about, like, how irrelevant they are after, like, the, in the 2008 stuff. Like, why the fuck are they hanging out in Castle Doran? Like, there's, like, one line in the final episode, like, oh, Castle Doran's rampaging. I guess we, if we stay inside him, he won't rampage. Except they can leave Castle Doran. I was Doran about to and... say, uh, you're at the fucking wedding? What's the castle doing? Like, unless, unless it's like, oh, it only rampages until there's a new king or there's a new Kiva or whatever. But in that case, like, why are you that still fucking hanging That thing's got the Tokyo needle in its fucking mouth. Exactly. Like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> But the entire wedding is such a fucking nonsense. It is the wedding, dude. Why why are they getting married? And when at any point did they show any interest? Because in he was blind. They, I guess that's fair. But like what the fuck like every like all of this bullshit just gets neatly tied up and nobody has any qualms and everybody's everybody's just fucking friends off screen or whatever. And honestly, like it wouldn't I'd be fine with it as like a shit post ending because it is a shit post ending. It's just like, oh yeah, everything's fucking fine now, whatever. And then in like the last minute, fucking barreling through the door comes Wataru's son. Yep. Dressed like a 
dressed like the most stereotypical stereotypical zoomer stereotypical zoomer you've ever seen he's got the fucking shutter shades and he's got like a marty mcfly jacket and like a weird scarf he really does just dress like a fucking zoomer like which technically speaking he is oh my god because he even says he's from 22 years in the future which means he was born probably about hey, yo, 10 Papa. years, which means he's hey, like yo, 13. Papa, these Kiva powers are straight up busting no cap for real for real. AJ, I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> None of those words. I don't know what the fuck you just said. Don't 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 be hey. don't be grittying on my coin, cuz. AJ, just because I'm a person of color doesn't mean I understand any of this bullshit, okay? Bro, you just gotta hit you just gotta get the Fortnite battle royale. <laughs> Oh my god. What that, the fuck? That, that, you know, I think about it. His kid probably did play Fortnite. <laughs> Yo, these these Neo fanguards ain't bussin', bruh. Uh, that's that's the punchline too, is that his his son fucking shows up to save the future. Because Neo Fangirls What the fuck was oh, oh. I don't know what I don't know what the fucking neo fangire is. I barely know what a fangire is. But they're destroying the world, and so I need to get my dad to help me. What? And, what? And like what? Like what? And that's the ending. The ending is a jokey. Oh, we need to go back to the future and save the world because we've already had time Dude, travel. I, I was going to start hyper again. fucking like, ventilating at that point. Like what? What, what, what? Neo Fangers. <laughs> you, you know what? As a fucking joke ending, sure. That's good. I, I'm fucking... Like, it's not nearly as shocking as Shanzarian's I mean, ending. Sure. Which was just a different show. Honestly, you know what? I think that's the only way Don Brothers will ever become, like... I don't. I think that's the only way Inoue can ever top himself with Don Brothers is that he ends the final episode with it being like a completely different show the entire. So what you're time. saying is like he just does the same. ending. So what ending. you're saying is he does the same ending, but this time it actually turns out to just be Shanzarian. I'd be down. <laughs> no, 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 no. The no, entire what? time he was, no, uh, you know he was watching it, and we just cut cut to like, Akira's office. And he's like, that show is fucking. Dude, dumb. that show is so <laughs> stupid. Who watches this shit? No, no, you know what? Just to really fuck with you, just to really fuck with you, fucking uh, <laughs> Masao Kurenai just comes out at the end, just so you have to, and he brings a fucking neo fan guy with him. I mean, he he steals Don Momotaro's catchphrase. Dude, so I wouldn't be surprised. could you fucking Im- oh, Jay? Could you imagine that shit? Uh, I can't. Dude, Neo Fangars and Don Brothers? Kiva too, my dude? Kiva Uh. Sentai? (laughs) Like, it's such a dumb fucking ending, but it's so dumb that I I can't help but love it. There's something about how it's... Honestly, there is just something about how it's executed that I, I legitimately had to sit there and think, did they switch the edits in post? It's it's mostly because, like, the kid who is played by Otoya's actor is just Otoya again, but different, but not different. Like, and that's really what sells it is that, like, if they did it seriously, 
like if this was like a serious ending where like somebody runs in, it's like, oh, we're going to go back to the future because blah, 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 like all this shit. Like if they did it seriously, like it would have been fucking insufferable. It would have been unwatchable. But because it's just like, I don't give a fuck. It's just a complete joke ending. It becomes entertaining. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, that's all you need to say is Neo Fang. Neo like, you don't need to say anything else about the ending. Papa. Oh my God, dude. There's, there's a reason why that's a fucking meme to this day. There's a fucking reason. And it's because of Neo motherfucking Fangires. I mean, really, how else do you end the show? Like what? Like what the fuck is your climax? Like you, there are there are no plot threads to resolve. Everything's over. Like the, everything's already over by the time we reach this point. How the fuck else do you end uh, it? But Oja comes in time and sh- resets the timeline. You know what? Sure, fine. You might as well. That's a better ending. Uh, it just turns out all of this was just another timeline in Ryuki's world. <laughs> uh, Kanzaki shows up and he's just like, I'm resetting this game. <laughs> he's there, he comes up, he's like, oh fuck, this got really dumb. Uh. <laughs> I, I am so sorry, guys, I did not mean for it to get this stupid. <laughs> uh. Uh, uh, we can just... We should just tie in all the Inoue shows together, which is why, like, all, oh, like, Mio's there. It's just fucking my. <laughs> oh, wait, no, I can't even make that joke because she came back. You can't even because it is. I can't even make the joke because she comes back. She came back, like, last year. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck, dude? What is this fucking franchise? Oh, this franchise <sighs> is stupid. Uh, Well... With that being said, really with, is with that being said, <laughs> Jay, give me your final thoughts. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Kiva is so absolutely, positively, insipidly dumb as hell that I almost say you have to watch it. Not just necessarily because, like, Half the fucking people in this fan base nowadays don't fucking watch these shows. They don't even watch the current shows. They don't fucking understand anything that's going on. So you need to watch this old. You need to watch a bad show first and foremost, just to just to actually learn what the fuck is bad and what's good. No wonder fucking so many people like Saber. It's because nobody's fucking seen any of the actually bad shows. So they think everything's like this. Now they complain that everything's not like this. Fucking, but no, complete tangent. (laughs) It's got some of the dumbest characters, the dumbest plot, the dumbest setting. Everything about this show is so mind-bogglingly dumb that it's it's almost experimental genius. Like it's it's almost like the Don Brothers of Common Rider where it's it's so experimentally stupid that it's secretly genius. Except at least Don Brothers is fucking entertaining. At least in Don Brothers, I know what the fuck is going on. At least at the immediate moment, there's at least something that I can point to in Don Brothers that says makes sense. I don't think anything in this show fucking makes any sense. <laughs> but it's 
it's so fucking bad and it's absolutely entertaining as hell even though i've spent two hours bitching and moaning about everything and how nothing makes sense and everything is insufferable it's still somehow really entertaining <clears throat> and it's in it's the way that like i don't think i can adequately explain if you haven't seen the show um okay so here are my final fucking thoughts uh fuck tit fuck fuck that makes sense? No, because this show didn't fucking either. I'm with Jay when I say mm. it like this, though. This show is so far beyond ridiculous that I can honestly look you in the eye and say, you know what? Go fucking watch it. No, sit sit down and go watch this fucking show. Why? Because it is so fucking stupid that you're going to feel you're, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to feel smarter just watching this show because you're going to think, wow, I guess I'm really not that stupid because everything up, down, and all around is so dumb. But at the same time, there's just something about it that just makes me fucking laugh. Like, don't get me wrong. This show sucks, but, but it's not like Wizard where I would fall asleep. It's not like Ghost where I want to kill myself, and it's not like Zeo where some of it is insulting. This is just like, it is so stupid. You know what it's like? It's like, I, I, I'm sorry to say it like this. This is the common writer version of Freddy Got Fingered. I almost <laughs> want to say they did it like this on purpose, but I don't know. I don't know if he knows that smart. Maybe he is. I don't know. <laughs> he made Shan Syrian. I would say I would say he is, but I don't know if I would necessarily. He, he made I, Shan, mean, I get where you're coming on, he, from. He made Shan Syrian for fuck's sake. He made Dombros for fuck's sake. Who fucking knows? This show doesn't know. It doesn't care. Just go watch it. Why? Because it's fucking hilarious. I can't tell you how many times while while sitting here and while watching it for the review, I caught myself like like almost like like mental patient laughing where I just couldn't stop chuckling to myself like this is the show. This is what's happening. Okay. All right. So yeah, go watch it. Sincerely, go watch it. I know you've never watched another common writer show, you fucking saber fanatics. I know you haven't, so go watch this one. Trust me, it's actually entertaining, unlike fucking Saber. Unlike any other show that you think is good, a.k.a. the Wizard fans. Oh, that's right, they don't watch Wizard anymore. You know what? Uh, honestly, I was going to agree with you. Like, I would I would sooner rather rewatch this than rewatch fucking Wizard any day. I would rewatch this over Wizard, over Ghost, over Build, over fucking... It's you know what I was gonna say I was gonna say build too See, I was gonna say build I was like nah nah that's that's a little too no I, I would say like, I would rather watch this over build only because with build it takes itself way too seriously to the point where it's like okay calm it down this one it's like okay I can at least see what Inoue was trying to do and I can laugh at it with him it's, so at mm. least it's fine there um. Wow, I didn't think we could talk about this show so long. I did. I expected this. I'm I again of the bad common writer shows. <laughs> this is the best one. <laughs> it's it's so funny how this used to be the bad show. And then even like Wizard, like even when Wizard was on, like this was still the bad one. And then we had Ghost. 
And then we had Build and Zeo. Saber. And then to a degree, Zero One. And then Saber. <sighs> and now Kiva is like. Kiva's still bad. It's like the sixth worst show, I think. Like, by. By fucking default, it's not the worst show anymore. But see, like, that's the thing. <laughs> I would rather... <laughs> I would rather watch Neo Brain's Double Down than fucking, like, the first Avatar movie, if you know what I mean. Like, mm. that would... Like, yeah. at least Neo Brain's Double Down, it's bad. Of course it's fucking bad. But it's so funny. It's so fucking funny. Oh, honestly, all, all I'd fucking rather watch uh, Fateful Findings over fucking half the stuff in this franchise. I'd rather watch that than I'm, watch. I'm, t- fucking I'm telling Ghost you, again. Neil Breen, call us. We don't know anybody at Toei, but call us. We'll get you in touch. Neil Breen's common. Writer. Oh my god. <laughs> I think that would be completely unwatchable. Why Henshin? How Henshin? I can't believe you Listen. went back in time to commit suicide. I can't believe it. <laughs> Look, as long as it's not I am here now, anything is better. It's, than it's, that. Just, it's, just, it's just Mio awful. dead on the Even by a Neil Breen just, standards. It's, it's just Mio bad. dead on the floor. It's just watch you. I can't help you out of this one. I can't save you, Mio. Oh, I would so I would pay so much fucking money. I would pay so much fucking uh, money. <laughs> Well, Jay. No more fangires. No more fangires. No more fangires. It's just, it's just Watsuru towing Keypad all around. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now I need this. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, you know what time it is, Jay. We haven't done this in a while. But it's time nope. for... The wheel. Now, what's the wheel going to give us? And you know what? I'm going to jinx us, but I'm not going to say the Oh, usual. no, it's Dino Fury. Uh, well, I was going to say, I hope we do something we haven't done in a while. I hope we do something totally just, like, out of the ordinary. Hmm, like, no, I wonder. Not even, like, not a rider, not a Sentai. Hell, not even, like, maybe, not even, like, a Power Rangers. Just, like, something completely out of I, I like how you leave, I, I leave an Ultraman. You biased fuck. I didn't even think about it. <laughs> Because we never fucking get Ultraman this is true. shows ever. Anyways, that's the thing. We never get them. So, we get them so infrequently that I don't even think to name them. No, when dude, I'm doing for jokes. real though. Like we have Rube, we have uh, Cosmos, Mebius, the original X, like Ultraman X, Ultraman Seven. Like we have all all of the Ultras on the Ultraman Seven. Ultra se- I don't dick. give a fuck. No wonder you don't give a fuck. You, you think Ultra Seven is as ultra amazing as you think it is? Yes. Okay. Ultra, yes, ultra bussin. Uh... I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> I'm gonna go back in time and kill you. <laughs> You're gonna go back in time and abort me. <laughs> yes. By doing, uh, by dressing up and fucking like doing like Roadrunner shit. With you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paint a tunnel on a cliff face and hope your parents drive into it. You know what? That would be like probably like the funniest cosplay, but nobody would get it. Um, no. But yeah, so like we have all the ultras here, just we don't get them. Uh, so let's spin the wheel. Oh my god, it's spinning the wheel. Oh yeah. I don't remember how that song goes. You know, Br- Breaking the Chain is actually a pretty okay song. 
sounds pretty good, yeah. I like the violin section more than anything. It's definitely I would definitely put that in a uh, scares the hose kind of playlist, but it's a good song. Scares the hose kind of playlist? Oh, I forgot yeah, yeah. we had Ultraman Leo on here. Oh, nice. We didn't land on it. Oh. <laughs> so what did we land on? What did we land on? What the fuck is this? Oh, that's always a good sign. <laughs> what the fuck? Hold on. Oh, please don't be Chinese. Please don't be Chinese. Please don't be Chinese. <laughs> Armored Heroes too. I'm not even being racist. The last two Chinese shows we did were fucking terrible. Which uh, were? Uh, Armor Heroes and... We did another one too, didn't we? No? I can't remember. Was it really just Armor Heroes? I thought we did another non-Japanese one recently. Non-Japanese? Huh. Oh, I mean, we did uh, Inframan. Eh, that doesn't really count. Yeah, well, that's not, that's not a show, but we did do Inframan. What is this? Hold on. What the fuck is this? What the? <laughs> Why? Wait. Is this even subbed? Hold on. I need to check this. Uh, the, eter- the eternal problem of, man, what the fuck? All right. Well, we're next time we're here, we're going to be doing Jiku Keisatsu Weka. All right. Yippee. <laughs> Well, you know what? I got right. what I, I got what I asked for. Well, it says it's in the same vein as fucking Vanny Night, so who I fucking don't knows? fucking believe that. Well, let's fucking see. We'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye.